This is the Indesa Members Memo, a podcast of the National Drug and Alcohol Screening Association. Indesa is 100% member-owned and is your industry voice. Hi, everyone. Welcome to this episode of the Indesa Members Memo. My name is Joe McGuire, and I am the Executive Director for the Drug and Alcohol Testing Industry. Today, I just want to speak with you again briefly about training. When you are looking at training collectors, um, there is a lot of confusion out there about where and how and when you get your training and how much you need to pay for it and what, you know, who needs to sign off on it, etc. And If you've been around in the industry and this is old hat, then uh, I apologize, or maybe you can listen and see if you agree or disagree. But we want to make it very, very clear that there is no such thing as a DOT, U.S. Department of Transportation, DOT certification. Now, there is um, certification or certificates that you can get that show that you have completed training to perform DOT tests and that you've learned the federal rules and that you are qualified to perform drug collections for U.S. DOT employees. But DOT itself, U.S. Department of Transportation, does not issue any type of certification, nor do they sign off on or endorse any type of certification. The rules that are contained in 49 Part 40, and even we could discuss the, the you know, mandatory guidelines for HHS, um, which U.S. Coast Guard fall under, those guidelines and, and mandates have requirements for those that perform drug test collections. Uh, they are to know 49 Part 40. They need to be trained by someone who has been doing uh, drug testing for at least one year or has performed at least 100 collections, uh, can provide a letter of reference from a a colleague or customer that they've um, done drug testing for, and they have to have received training, right? And have performed the mock tests that are required. Uh, So the the five error-free mocks that are required. So all of that criteria must be met. And, And by the way, while I'm mentioning mocks, let me just mention that if you have completed a training and you've got their certificate and you've gone out there and you're doing DOT collections, but you have not completed those mock tests, you are in violation. So make sure that whatever training you receive, those mocks need to be performed within 30 days. So uh, what whatever training you have, it needs to encompass all of those things and meet all that criteria. Some people do that online. Some people do it via webinar. Some people do in classroom. Um, There's no, you know, right or wrong way. You can do whatever works for you when it comes to what manner of testing uh, or training that you get. However, the mocks must be a part of that. So, and you need to have a supervisor that is looking at um, your paperwork, checking it over to make sure that you've performed those mocks accurately or that your collectors have. Uh, But one of the reasons that we want to talk about this is because lots of people throw up a training program and folks go through it. You know, maybe they'll be on the internet for an hour and go, yep, I got it. Insufficient. That's absolutely just not going to fly. Um, People need to 
be very well acquainted with 40 C, uh, 49 CFR Part 40. They need to know that rule. They need to have it in front of them. They should read through it and know all of the sections. They should understand all of the problems with collections and how to overcome those problems. The collector's goal is to perform a compliant drug test. And if you've been doing drug and alcohol collections for any amount of time, you know that a million things can come up and disrupt the test or cause a problem. And the collector needs to be very clear on how to overcome that. When I worked for uh, a collection site, worked for a couple of collection sites in my career, one of the, the best practices that, um, that we laid out was a brand new collector needed to spend a week watching and then uh, a week doing non-DOT only under observation, and then a week doing DOT under observation by a, a direct supervisor. And then they could start performing their own um, collections. And that was all after they'd been trained and certified. So they'd get trained and certified. They'd be supervised um, after a week of watching only and just observing how the tests were performed and then a week of non-DOT under supervision, and then a week of DOT under supervision, and then they could perform their own. I know that sounds to those of you who are um, in in collections, maybe the supervisors like a, a long process. Well, it's going to take them forever to get them on their feet. Yes, it, it takes a few weeks, but then you, you've got a solid collector that isn't going to be the source of headaches for you, making tons of errors, getting tests canceled, having to do error correction training, and, and being just a, um, you know, a, a, an inexperienced and mistaken-prone collector. You're going you're gonna to train up someone who is strong, competent, knows what they're doing, and, and can effectively and efficiently do that on their own. So it's very important that the training is complete. It, you know, a good urine collector course should take at least one day, uh, whether it's, you know, um, six or eight hours, but it really should take a whole day. Now, if you're sending someone through um, recertification training, you know, every five years, and they've been doing this for years and years, and they've got hundreds or thousands of collections under their belt, and they can go through a course and complete it in a few hours. That's one thing. Um, they've got a body of knowledge. They know what they're doing. Um, they're clear on the rules. That That's a whole separate issue. I'm talking about brand new collectors. Make sure that whatever training you use, um, that it it's giving them the education that they need to understand uh, not just the background and the rules and the methodologies and processes, but also make sure that it's giving them the history and the why of, of what they're doing every day. I feel very strongly about that as someone who's been in this field for over 10 years now. The why matters. Um, understand that uh, DOT drug testing came into existence because of tragedies that occurred when operators in the transportation industry were under the influence. Alcohol, drugs, marijuana uh, was a primary culprit. And so people who caused great accident, injury, harm, and death uh, un while operating under the influence were responsible for the presidential order that created the DOT drug testing program, not the least of which was the um, Chase, Maryland Amtrak crash 
uh, Conrail's incident, as some refer to it, of 1987, when 16 lives were lost and the operators had uh, smoked marijuana together before getting uh, in that in that um, railroad engine, and they blew through all of the warning signs um, to stop their train because there was there was a another train on the track and and they caused a crash and death. I mean, the operator went to jail and um, said that that he felt that his marijuana use directly contributed to that crash. And, uh, you know, criminal charges were filed over that. You have the Exxon Valdez where alcohol was a, was a factor and look at the harm to uh, life and environment. Um, the, you know, there were also not just um, crashes, but there were near misses. Uh, there, there was a variety of things, but, but we had uh, the USS Nimitz disaster um, directly related to um, drug and alcohol use by operators. So think about the fact that we do this for a very real reason. It's not just theoretical. And we're not just out there trying to bust people and, and get people in trouble for some adult um, drug use. This is uh, having a commitment to public health and safety and making sure that those that are also operating in the public health and safety arena um, have the opportunity to show that they're safe and ready for work. And and the other thing that I want to say here, I mean, this is really all about training, but don't let your new collectors go into this with the mindset of drug testing is punitive. Drug testing is here um, to offer a practical solution that, that um, gives operators who are safe to work a verification that that's who they are right? The, the vast majority of those who take these tests are clean and they would never consider operating in a manner that's unsafe or um, would cause harm to others. So we should never go into this um, with the, with the um, view of people that, that they use drugs. We should go into this with the view of we're helping those who don't secure or keep their work and keep their career intact are there bad operators out there in every field, in our field? It, you know, there are always people who will push, bend, or break the rules, and they'll get caught. Um, but, but we should give every single individual the dignity and the respect and the courtesy of expecting that the drug test is clean and clear and they are a safe operator rather than suspecting them up front and treating them poorly. That's not the right way to go about this. And in addition to that, when someone does fail a test, we shouldn't assume that they're a raging addict. We don't know the situation and the circumstances. And um, we should also always see that as an opportunity to help someone get on the right path. But I'm getting off track. I can get on that soapbox. That's for another day. Um, let's go back to training. While Indesa does offer training that is valuable, important, um, I think it's the best of the best, and we're very proud of what we have to offer. Um, we're not ever trying to say that we ours is the only course you could possibly take and no others are sufficient. That's, that's incorrect. As a matter of fact, we train trainers um, to train others, and so we have a whole slew of Indesa-approved trainers who are out there training collectors all the time, and we're proud of them. And while they use our materials, they also use their own. So uh, they stand on their own two feet and they're fabulous. Um, but make sure that whatever training you sign up for, first of all, uh, it should be 
um, in compliance with the requirements of 49 Part 40, as I've already mentioned, it should be a significant uh, length of time for people to learn uh, what they're doing in a meaningful way. It should be interactive with another human being. Um, while someone can do an online computer course, there should be, you know, quizzes and stop points to make sure they're getting the material, but the mocks need to be, for, be performed with a human being and they need to be directly supervised. And that can be done uh, via webcam. However, there just must be another human being there that's overseeing that. And uh, again, an exam should be passed, I think, for them to show that they did, um, you know, gain a body of knowledge and are proficient in, in their understanding and comprehension. So get those things in place. Make sure your training is quality. If you have any questions or comment on any of that, please don't ever hesitate to reach out to us. We're more than happy to hear you. And um, to comment or even interview you if you'd like to talk about something that, that you feel strongly or, or have an opinion about on any of these topics. Uh, but I, I do want to make sure that there's that clarity. Um, your certificate does not have to come from Indesa. It does not have to come uh, from any specific um, particular place uh, according to DOT because they do not certify nor do they endorse. But a certification does and should uh, show that that collector has had a proper appropriate training and that they are able to perform a DOT collection um, with, with the understanding and knowledge of, of the process that's printed on the back of the chain of custody form. <laughs> I say that and the new 2020 chain of custody form doesn't have the instructions, but I'm recording this in 2019. So, I mean, I'm sorry, in 2020, Boy, I just went back a whole year. Uh, the the um, uh, the 2020 chain of custody form that's been released will not be used until 2021. So uh, for anything previous, the instructions are printed on the back. But for the new form, which we will use next year, um, the instructions are in a PDF. So you'll have to have that printed out and hanging on the wall or hand it to the um, donor so that they can read it themselves. Again, that's a whole other topic, talking about chain of custody forms. But um, anyway, get, get quality training. Make sure you've got strong collectors so that they're not the weakest link and causing tests to be canceled. And if you need any help with that, reach out to us. We're always here for you. Happy to help. Have a great day, everyone, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Indesa Members Memo. Subscribe to hear all of our podcasts and join Indesa to access all of our professional industry resources. Visit us at ndasa.com.